five. In the dark of night, the decade bird approached the south dock of our island. The whole island was barricaded behind a line of armed ships showing those flags with the twin crowns. Captain Joe had no idea how they would get past the line without hurting anyone or putting his small crew in harm's way. He and Captain Rose braced themselves for cannon fire. However, instead, one by one, the guards' ships started splintering into thousands of pieces, and the air was filled with high-pitched cheers. Captain Rose looked at Captain Joe and commented, I am really glad that Captain Big is on our side. Captain Joe agreed, and I hate to think what might have happened if we had actually fought against him in the far north. Captain Rose maintained the helm and set her course for the south dock with almost no opposition. Captain Joe's ears rose as if he heard something disturbing, and he looked up at Mr. Bones. Then he pointed his spyglass to the northeast, then to the northwest. We have thousands of ships approaching from the east and the west. They must be naval forces from Bumble and Blubber, Captain Joe told Captain Rose. Captain Rose replied, Take the helm and stick to the plan. I think I have a plan of my own. She dove headfirst into the sea and disappeared into the depths before Captain Joe could protest. Captain Joe took the helm and steered to the south dock where he dropped anchor. He took Lone Shark's ledger from the deck and ran as fast as he could toward the new palace where he had once seen Duchess and Count take Panto. There were no guards in the streets. Duchess and Count must have sent all the guards to crew the ships that had barricaded the island, and those guards were now participating in a free swimming lesson. Captain Joe reached the front door of the palace and burst inside. There was no one there. He searched every room. There was no one there. Captain Joe started to panic because his plan was reliant upon confronting Duchess and Count in the palace. Then, out of nowhere, a dirty old parrot crashed through a window and fell to the floor in a rolling heap. Piper! Captain Joe shouted with excitement as he lifted the parrot from the floor. You flew! Piper looked Captain Joe in the eye and said, Top of the tower! Top of the tower! Captain Joe smiled. You can talk! Top of the tower! Top of the tower! repeated Piper. Captain Joe looked out the window toward the center of our island and up to the top of Pirate Tower. Sure enough, for the first time he could remember, there was light coming from the top of the tower. Captain Joe burst out of the palace and ran toward the center of our island. He reached the grand stage and leapt on top of it. From there, Captain Joe burst into the door at the bottom of Pirate Tower and looked up at the incredible distance of stairs he was about to climb. Scurvy, he whispered to himself. Then Captain Joe started running up the stairs. Five minutes later, he was still running up the stairs. Three minutes after that, he was walking up the stairs. Four minutes after that, he was resting on the stairs. Eventually, he reached the top and burst through a trap door to the roof of Pirate Tower. There stood Duchess, Count, and Panto, who was wearing fancy clothes and drinking something fancy 
from a fancy gold cup. Captain Joe opened his mouth to demand the surrender of our island, but he had no breath to produce words. He fell to one knee, and Duchess and Count laughed at him. They each drew pistols and pointed them at Captain Joe, who was too winded to attempt to fight back. Captain Joe, started Duchess, you clearly are never going to give up on your pirate ideals. Count continued, so we will have to finish you off now. Both pistols clicked loudly, and Captain Joe flinched, but there was no bang. Captain Joe was still alive. Duchess and Count looked at their pistols. They were empty. No balls, no powder. They both searched their pockets for extra munitions, but they had none. Where are the balls? asked Duchess. Where's the powder? asked Count. Panto interjected. Oh, I got rid of all that as soon as you brought me to the palace. I have a terrible fear of weapons. Captain Joe laughed, realizing his breath had returned to him. I know why you two came here. Bumble and Blubber each owe a debt to Lone Shark, and you intend to pay him off by destroying our island. Duchess chuckled. So you figured us out. Count giggled. But you're too late. The Bumble Navy approaches from the west, Duchess continued. The Blubber Navy approaches from the east, agreed Count. The two pirates finished together. And with no pirates to fight them off, they will destroy our island. Suddenly, a giant wave rose from the east of the island. It lifted the Blubber Navy ships and threw them back all the way to the land of Blubber. Another wave rose from the west coast and threw the Bumble Navy back all the way to Bumble. How are you doing this? asked Duchess and Count together. Captain Joe grinned. I'm not. That's the work of the last mermaid. Duchess's jaw dropped. Count's jaw dropped. Panto shivered. Is she scary? Captain Joe laughed. I found the last mermaid. I kissed her, and we have brought Captain Rose's shout interrupted. It was not a kiss. How did she hear me? Captain Joe whispered to himself. Then he continued to address Duchess and Count. We have brought peace to the Great Sea, and now we have come to bring peace to our island, and to Bumble and Blubber, if they will have it. Duchess laughed with misplaced confidence. And how do you plan to do that? I will start by sending the two of you back where you came from with a message, Captain Joe replied. Count trembled with fear. It doesn't matter if you send us home. Bubble and Blubber's debts to Lone Shark must be paid, and they will send someone else. Captain Joe slammed Lone Shark's ledger on the floor. No, he argued. This is Lone Shark's ledger. Without this, Lone Shark does not know who owes him, and he cannot attempt to collect. All the debts of the Great Sea have been forgiven, and we can all live in peace together. That is the message you will take back home with you. In the future, no one will accept any favors from Lone Shark, Captain Joe continued. If the land of Bumble or the land of Blubber needs help, they can count on the pirates of our island. 
Duchess asked. How are we supposed to reach you if we need you? Suddenly, Duchess, Count, Panto, and even Captain Joe jumped in a start. They had just noticed that Mr. Bones was sitting in the corner, still not showing any signs of life, but he was there. His impressive spyglass was clutched in his fist. A revelation occurred to Captain Joe. Mr. Bones has the last spyglass that can see from Bumble to Blubber. He will keep an eye on you. And when you need help, we will come. Count sighed in relief. Great. So, now what? Panto interjected again. Pug! He grabbed Duchess, Count, and Captain Joe and pulled them into a friendly embrace. Don't forget Mr. Bones, Captain Joe protested. Panto looked at Mr. Bones, then looked back at Captain Joe. Did I ever tell you about my fear of skeletons? Epilogue Captain Joe maintained our island as a leaderless island. He believed the freedom of the pirates of the Great Sea was the key to keeping the peace. The last mermaid returned to the sea where she was determined to find out what happened to the rest of the mermaids. Lone Shark and Miss Mask, Lone Shark interrupted. You are lucky you taste like garbage. Nasty garbage. 